morning. How are we doing? Um, uh, man, so much to celebrate. For those of you who are new with us, my name is Matt. Uh, it is my pleasure to serve out here as the campus pastor for this campus. And uh, man, December is upon us. Uh, and we just had a great day yesterday. Thank you so many. As I'm looking out, so many familiar faces. I feel like we went to war yesterday. I mean, like something special happened. You know, like we're like a different kind of bonded after what happened yesterday. Uh, we had Christmas on Mercer, and it was B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, it was nuts. I, I, don't, I mean, I've never been to one. I don't think I could have been prepared for what was about to happen to our, like, booth area. I mean, it was just thousands and thousands of people. It was nuts. Uh, and so we had like s'mores. I mean, I was like, you know, usually for an event, you know, we may go through like maybe a hundred s'mores. And I was like, tell you what, I'm going to get like enough for maybe like 500, 700 people. Uh, and we were out of those in about an hour and a half, in two hours. And so I was sending people, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, go get more. We ran out of those. I had to send more people. Go get more. Uh, and we just kept, it just kept turning out. We finally just ran out of everything. They picked us totally clean. And, but we got to have conversations with so, I mean, it was, it was probably easy. It was easily our highest engaged event we've ever done as a church. Easily, easily. Uh, I mean, like second place would be like, you know, Pokemon to Hello Kitty, you know, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, you'll get that reference. Anyways. Uh, and so it was insane. It was insane. So, man, thank you all so much, right? It's, uh, those events are, are hard to do. It's hard to come off of our campus, off of our safe space, off of our, hey, we know where everything is. It's easy to host here. It is difficult to take everything, transplant it. It's work. It's lifting. It's, you know, we're literally taking weights with us, like, you know, uh, to, to hold things down. Uh, but I'm just so thankful for you all partnering in with us to do that. Uh, and again, my hope is that these people continue to see, man, there is a place here that worships the name of Jesus and that might be a place for our family, right? That's our hope with that. And the more conversations I'm starting to have with these, because it used to be we do this and feel like, oh, there's Bannockburn and Dripping Springs. Uh, I mean, that's how it started, uh, right? When I was here five, six years ago doing these things. And, uh, and so now it's fun because there's like, oh, I go to Mops up there. Oh, our kids in Awana's up there. Oh, our kid. And so I love, I love uh, that the conversation is, is starting to be a little bit more familiar and getting to see um, uh, that there's, there's a Jesus-loving people up on this hill and um, trying to get people up here for it, right? So, so thank you all for partnering with us in that. Uh, we're not done. We've got another uh, event this week, uh, which is our foster care Christmas party. And, uh, and y'all have already done amazing on signups. I think I've guilted y'all just enough uh, on the foster kids these past few Sundays uh, to sign up. And you have. You have. There's still a few open spots, uh, but, but y'all have done awesome with that. Uh, we really need people serving in the rooms, helping out the kids with crafts and stuff like that. So if you're like, hey, I can, I can give a few hours. It's literally a couple hours this Saturday. Uh, and so we'd love to have you. Um, but uh, but y'all, y'all did well. I think I told y'all that if you don't sign up, you hate foster kids just enough times uh, that you needed to prove to me that you don't. And you did. Well done. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, just a joy. Uh, so Christmas is here. And uh, yeah, that was yesterday. Wow, that was just yesterday. <coughs> what am I doing here? All right. Um, well, we start a new Christmas series uh, today, uh, Heaven and Nature Sing, and it's kind of a song series, not like off of Christmas songs, but off of, there's, in Luke particular, there are four songs around the Christmas story that are sung by certain people. And so we kind of wanted to just take a little look at, hey, how are these songs significant? What can we learn from these songs? There's a song of Mary, song of Zechariah, song of Simeon, song of the angels. And there's all these songs, and, and they're beautiful. Some of the, 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 the first and best Christmas carols we have. Uh, and so we're going to look at 
uh, we're going to look at Mary's song today, the Magnificat is what it's called, right? This is found in Luke 1, so if you've got your Bibles, you can take a look. But this is where she comes with, she's heard from the angels that she's going to bear the Son of God, right? She's talking to Elizabeth, she's so moved, she's, and so she expresses herself in song, uh, this song called the Magnificat, to magnify. She'll say, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so that's what we're going to uh, be talking about today. Uh, and so uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn there. Uh, and, uh, and songs are important, and, and those of you who are here first service, which is none of y'all, um, uh, you would know songs are important, because there was a wedding going on next door, and it was pretty much all we heard. Uh, it was like, you know, going on, and so I was like trying to preach over it. Uh, that's the power of song, you know, it's like on our wedding day, I'll never forget, I wouldn't think I'm thinking this, uh, but on our wedding day, uh, we, we had just got done getting married, you know, and, the, and you walk back out, you know, the, the recessional, and we go into this little cottage house, while everyone else went to like the cocktail hour over here before we all went to dinner, and so we're like all in this house, and, uh, and so, but we didn't, we didn't go attend the cocktail hour, we were doing like the pictures and stuff, and all I could hear in my ears was, and I picked the set list for the cocktail, like, I had it all planned out, anyone who knows me, you're like, this sounds, this sounds par for the course for Matt, uh, you think you think Sarah was the planner for our wedding? It was it was me. Uh, I mean, she did a lot of planning. I'm not we co whatever. She planned too. I'm not going to take that from her. She definitely did. She did most of it. She did all of it. Do I need to? Anyways, we're good. Uh, but all I remember is the, the the song played, and then we're like doing some other stuff. We're like, oh, that song's on again. Oh, that song's on again. And they just had the same song on repeat. The whole cocktail hour. I, like, Sarah and I had just gotten married, and we're trying to take pictures, and I'm like, all I can think about, I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be, like, joy here in this, like, oh my god, we just got married, blah, blah, blah. you know, and all it's like, that song's been on repeat for, like, 45 minutes, you know, it's like, I'm gonna go out, it's like, no, you don't teach go out there, you know, it's like, ah, oh, the DJ, what's he, do? you know, because he just said it, forget it, and came back into something, it's like, ah, power song, ruin your wedding, just kidding, our wedding was beautiful, I'm off, Luke 1, all right, um, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town. And so what has just happened is the angel has just told her, right, that, hey, you are going to bear the son. And so, and so that comes just before this. The angel Gabriel has already come down to Mary and told her of what's to pass. And now she's responding with this. At that time, after the angel had done this, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary, and now Mary will respond. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sends the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remember to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. 
And Mary stayed with, stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, as we enter into um, just this season and, and really these texts that are uh, typically very familiar to us of, uh, of your coming to earth as Emmanuel to dwell with us, God, uh, may these familiar texts bring a freshness of the potency of the gospel, God, for us. And may we, uh, may we surrender whatever uh, presumptions that we came in here with and just for a minute allow you to do a work in us, God. Would you do that? And so settle us now in this time to be receivers, Lord, of your word and then doers of your word, God. May this honor you, magnify you, glorify you. Amen? All right, so she sings. This is her song. What makes her sing? What makes Mary break out in this, like, in this magnificat, in this magnification of what's going on, right? Because a lot has happened already to Mary. First, this angel, boom, Gabriel, I'm here, right? And, and he comes and he says, greetings, you, Mary, are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Surely this is where Mary breaks out with, holy. No, this isn't where she breaks out. Instead, she, she just, she's troubled is what the Bible says. It says that she was troubled. Okay, well, maybe later. The, the angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. It will be called the son of the most high. Surely she's like, this is nuts. Awesome. And now she's going to bring out a song. Nope. She just asks the question. She says, how can this be? The classic woman, right? I'm just kidding. Oh, that, oh, wow, half of y'all are mad at me now. All right, anyways. Um, no, because she's a virgin, right? So she's like, how can this be? I'm a virgin. So then he continues on. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Surely now she's like, what? Like the Holy Spirit is going to, is going to overshadow me. Like people won't even recognize me because the Holy Spirit is going to so transform me. Like now, break out in song, right? But instead, no, she says this. She very humbly replies, says, I am the Lord's servant. May his word be fulfilled in me. She responds with a very, very courageous submission to the Lord's word. And she submits, which is amazing. Because she knows her life is going to be tough now. Like she's signing up for, for an early pregnancy of, right, well, it, I mean, like imagine this, you know, like there's a lot of young girls in, the, in their teenagers, imagine dads, right, dad, look, it's okay though, it's the Holy Spirit, right, how would that sit with you, Scott, all right, it's okay, dad, no, it's, it's the son of God, he's coming in through me, it's fine, it's got an angel, an angel appeared to me, we're all good, right, like just, don't, don't have this mindset, oh my gosh, how lucky I mean, the Lord's going to reside in her. No, this meant, this meant a lot of ridicule that she's signing up for. I mean, make no mistake, though, like, great blessing to come. But in that moment, she's saying yes to something that was going to ostracize her, that some women might be stoned for, 
They'd be, at, at least be, be ushered out to some, to some uh, uh, relative's house in the far country that you could then have your baby there and then come back as to avoid the public ridicule of, of getting pregnant outside of, of marriage in this culture. I mean, she has, she has what, and Tim Keller put it this way, I love this phrase. He says, it's a semi-comprehending surrender. It is a semi-comprehending surrender. Because she doesn't, she, she doesn't understand the whole picture, but it's, it's just enough. She's like, okay, I think I get it. I think I know what's going on. I don't, I don't fully understand, but with what I do know, I'm just going to say yes. Can I tell you, man, sometimes that's the best thing that we have. Sometimes that's all you get is, uh, God, I don't fully get it. I don't really know why I'm at this college. I don't know why I'm in this group. I don't know why I'm at that job. I don't know why, you know, this. I don't know why I'm married to him. I don't know why this. But, but we have a, we have a semi-comprehensive surrender. God, I don't fully understand. But when, when I don't see your hand, I'm going to trust your heart, God. And just this, okay. And we respond like Mary of, man, I... Whatever, whatever you want from me, may your, may your will be done through me, right? So she doesn't fully understand, but she's still a yes. And so now near the end of the angel's message for her, the angel says, hey, um, and he's probably even starting to notice, like Mary's just a little like, okay, okay, she's doing a lot of pondering, a lot of internalization here, and he says, tell you what, your cousin Mary, she's also miraculously even in her old age, Baron Elizabeth is going to be with child. And she's a little further along than you are. You should go, well, he, he doesn't tell her to go see her, but, but like, why would the angel say that at the end of this? Hey, also, you know, Mary's in your situation too. You should go talk to her, you know? And so it's kind of setting up this moment and maybe setting up Mary to be encouraged. And so, so then Mary goes, and that's where we kind of picked up our piece here. So Mary still hasn't, like, broken out. She's still kind of internally, and another, uh, another chance will say that, right, she pondered these things in her heart. She's kind of setting these things aside. And now she comes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth sees her, and Elizabeth becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, right, uh, that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says this in verse 43, Elizabeth to Mary, but why am I so highly favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So instantly she sees Mary, she's like, you're the mother of the Savior of the world, and that you have come to me, how blessed am I? And then she'll say later in verse 45, blessed is she, you Mary, who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. He's, like, he's hearkening back to Genesis 3, where God right, promises, right, sin has entered the world, right, the fall of man, but then God comes in with the promise, and he says, hey, but, and he's like, really like cursing the serpent, and he's saying, hey, through her offspring, through Eve's offspring, a child will come, and he, like, there'll be enmity between y'all, and he will crush your head. They're going to strike his heel, you, you know, crucifixion is going to happen, but he's going to end it. He's going to crush your head, and Elizabeth is hearkening back to that. She says, that promise right there is being fulfilled in you right now, and so this is crazy what Elizabeth is saying. I don't want it to, like, right, it'd be easy to pass over this, oh, yeah, she's filled with the Holy Spirit and saying something about, you know, Jesus. And you're like, she's not saying much about Jesus. Oh, yes, she is. What she is saying is highly, highly Trinitarian. Amen? Amen. Like, what? Because, like, cause listen to this. Right? She's saying, the mother of my Lord has come to me. She's like, blessed am I. 
Blessed am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me. But then she also says, blessed are you because the Lord has fulfilled his promise in this child. So, so which one is it? Is the baby the Lord? Or is it the one who sent the baby the Lord? Yes, is the answer. It is both. Y'all, this is lofty and astonishing theology coming from Elizabeth. I mean, you don't get a more Trinitarian, <laughs> like, push of, of the relationship. She, and, she, and you even get the Holy Spirit filled by the Holy Spirit. She acknowledges who, acknowledges who Jesus is and, that, and who sent him, and that it is all working as one together right they're not these one is not the emissary of the other they are not separated from one another they are all god working together and this is crazy right yes different but equal in all god this is impressive illuminated by the holy spirit and we have the same illumination like where are you going with this uh hey i just think that's really cool that we see that right here but also how do you confess that jesus is lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 will tell us. That we, we cannot confess that Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the Holy Spirit's work in our life. This is what happens. The Holy Spirit, notice that when the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth, she doesn't say, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit's here. And she also doesn't look to herself. The Holy Spirit guides her to fix her eyes on Jesus. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Its role is not to point to itself. The Holy Spirit is fulfilling its role when it is pointing us to Christ. And that's, that's what we see here. I just think that's amazing. And that's how he works in yours. Right? That's, you're coming in here and wherever you're at with your faith. Y'all are all in so different places. But that's the Holy Spirit interweaving, discipling you, taking you through, guiding you through. And as he leads you, his goal, his goal is to get you to Jesus. That one day you might too confess that by that power, you say, man, Jesus is the Lord. And that's our prayer for all of you, that you would confess that Jesus is Lord. And so now Mary hears this from Elizabeth, and it's like she's been in a dream this whole time, but she finally got pinched and she didn't wake up. You know what I mean? She, so she comes, she's like, she just, she's like coming. She's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Like in my heart and in my mind, I'm pondering all these things. This is crazy. Did I just see an angel? You know, and, and, and she comes, and she comes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth immediately prophesies over and is like, oh my gosh, that's God in your belly. And she, and then, and then Mary loses it, right? It's finally become real, right? It's, she's finally even said, she's like, I'm not crazy. God, isn't that a nice feeling? I mean, isn't that just one of the best, when you finally realize that that thing you thought about, that one thing you were like so right on, you know what I mean? Uh, like, like, and you just, you just settled into that. I'm not crazy. It's so, it's such a fulfilling feeling, right? And that's what Mary feels. She feels so relieved in that. It's like pure clarity, pure joy, final assurance. This is true. That was an angel. I'm not nuts. And it finally becomes real for her. All of this stuff painting in. And before we come in to see, right, this is when she finally responds, like, Elizabeth prophesying over her. Then Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. It is out of this that Mary finally sings her song, the Magnificat. Not when the angel's telling her, not when she's pondering in her heart, 
but it's finally been, and so here's what I want us to see real quick, and before we get in, because we're going to talk about like what the, magnif- the, the song itself, but before we get there, and why I wanted to read this verse 39 bit is this, community is important for the body of Christ. It's how it works. It's how it functions. We need community. Mary doesn't hear this from Gabriel, and it's like, I'm just going to go sit in the shed for a little while and just ponder these things and sit here and, and just try to figure out what all this means. No, she goes and she sees Elizabeth first. And that's where she goes. It is, and she just, and she does not, uh, she does not come to that full clarity until, until she is around another sister in faith. It's in that fellowship that it's all starting to click for her. Friends, we experience God mainly in the context of community. Not exclusively, but mainly in the, it's how God designed it. It's why he has, it's why he gave us spiritual gifts. This is for the building up of the body, that all together we make up something whole. But apart from one another, we're not how we were designed to be. And we don't fully get the full expression of all that God is on our own. Uh, uh, oh gosh, in the Four Loves, uh, who wrote this? C.S. Lewis, right? He writes this passage about about how one of like there was like these four guys that were all friends, and how one of them passed away. And C.S. Lewis says one of his other friends he didn't know him as well because there was certain parts about that friend that made him know this friend more. That uh, I think his name was Ronald or something. I can't quite remember. But that Ronald brought out these characteristics of Charles. And so, you know, and, and, that's, and that's how it works. That, that there, it's the body, it's the people around you, right, that bring up and that clarify pieces of us. We need community. Community has, all, uh, has a way of helping us explore ourselves, right? I mean, there are people that draw out certain aspects of me, uh, right? Like Disney exposed a lot of stuff in me. I'm like, I just, I don't even want to know that person, you know? Uh, right, but there's that, like uh, my best friend. He kind of brings out the philosophical part of me. And there are times too where my wife will be around me with other people. She's like, "You're just like so different there than you are with me, you know, or or you're different around those people than you are with other people." And because people are like that, right? They bring out like when I'm with when it's just Liv and I, I become super adventurous. I'm like, "Let's go!" And we're just like off doing treasure hunts and doing crazy stuff, you know. And, and that's the way it is, right? When I'm around my parents, it's like really lazy. That's what I said in, you know. Uh, like when I get around my parents, I just they just bring out the lazy in me because I guess I revert back and I'm like, here's your grandkids, go on, you know, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm here to chill. Uh, it brings it out, so it just it never ends, parents. You just need to know that uh, it'll always happen. They will always be lazy around you, uh, and that's that's the way it is. Um, I know, except your child. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> but community is important. Mary in community has affirmed in her heart that she is the mother of the Son of God. In community, she realizes this. And another thing we can take away from this is this, is that we seek affirmation in the body of Christ. And and I don't just mean, oh, say good things about me. I mean, like, affirmation of who we are in Christ. That that affirmation happens here. It comes here. You don't see Mary going around, you know, like right after the angel appears, like, y'all, an angel just appeared to me, and... I'm going to be the mother of God, like the blessed amongst all. Y'all should probably bow down to me. No. Probably wouldn't have gone so well for her. I don't know, right? But that's not how she starts. Instead, she waits. She ponders them in her heart. Just, I think God is doing something in me. Maybe he wants to do something through me. I'm going to go talk to my cousin. I know she's faithful. I know she loves the Lord. She goes to her, and then it's confirmed there. 
one of the best ways you can identify giftings and callings in your life is to serve alongside others that call themselves of the faith, is to enter into the body, to serve in this way, and then, and then you'll see other people start to notice things in you. Man, I notice you're, like, man, you're really on top of details. Man, you're a really great singer. Hey, have you ever thought about auditioning? Have you ever thought about, you know, uh, leading? Have you ever thought about leading a study, right? I remember being invited to chaperone for a high school trip, uh, and I was like 19, all right? Uh, like, I was like, I was like, I, am I not still a high school? Like, I basically felt like I was still in high school, you know? Uh, I was, you know, at A&M, uh, and, and this youth, the youth leader that, that, you know, I was going here with Sarah, that it's kind of started to change some stuff for me spiritually. I was like, man, this is different. This is not what I grew up with, and God was working on my heart, and I think the youth guy saw that, and so he brought me back. He said, hey, how about you chaperone a trip? And I was like, dude, I don't even know how to pray out loud. Uh, like, I was, not, I was a disaster, you know, because I, I was Catholic. I'm like, you know, like here's, here's how we, it's like, Matt, would you do this in prayer? Sure. Uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was a disaster. Like, we don't know how to pray out loud. I was like, we know three prayers as Catholics. The glory be, our Father, and the Hail Mary. That's like all I knew. I was like, I don't know which one I got here. Uh, we're a disaster. I'm like, why am I even here? Uh, but I realized that I really like listening to kids' stories. And, and I really loved being able to listen and then to redirect and to ask good questions. Uh, and he noticed that too. And he finally asked me, have you ever thought about doing, like, you know, ministry full time? And I was like, you know I'm Catholic. Of course I've never thought of that. Are you kidding me? Um, it's like a priest. Uh-uh. Uh, and then I found out there's other ways to do it. And I was going to A&M, you know, I was going to study business. Like, huh, could you imagine my life finishing business at A&M? That would have been, you know, that would have been awful. Anyways. Uh, Things worked out, you know. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, but yeah, right, and, and I never really considered it until he asked. It was in that context of community, and I was like, what's the Lord doing in me? That someone came alongside and said, hey, I see these giftings in you. But it wasn't, right, it wasn't me coming alongside, you know, to, to try to get it from his right. If you feel that God has called you to sing, to preach, to lead, to do missions, to pastor, whatever, Get in the body of believers before you try to claw for that thing. Like, I should be leading that. I should be doing that. I should be in charge of that. Maybe you should. That's totally possible. Maybe you're gifted in that. But we come like Mary came. Humble. Curious. And waiting to see how the body might affirm that thing within us. And then from that, because that's where you want to lead from, right? That's where you want to lead from. Hey, Man, y'all seem like y'all have this marriage thing really together. Oh, y'all have actually led marriage stuff? Man, could y'all do something like that? Oh, y'all do financial peace? Man, that's awesome. Could y'all would I mean, it's getting that affirmation in the body that leads to these things. The church is not served by self-appointed, self-accredited individuals. The church is served by people who receive observations in the community. Now, let me tell you, you don't have to be a slave to this. I'm not saying you don't do anything until someone tells you that you're good at it, all right? That sounds so oppressive, you know? Uh, I would say that we have gotten away from some of this, though. We've gotten a pretty individualistic in our culture in that we get to define what we're good at and what we want to do. I don't think that's really God's economy or God's kingdom. Uh, I know that because God is the one who gives us spiritual gifts. I don't decide my spiritual gifts. God gives them to us for the edification and wholeness of the gospel. And so some of us might have to set aside some of the things that we want to do, right? If you want, if you want to lead but no one's following you, maybe that's not your gifting. Maybe that's not your thing. Come alongside, be humble, and be ready to, and be, you want Mary's response. I don't quite understand. I don't quite know. But man, I, your will through me, that's what I want. And that's how we come.
And so sometimes I might come alongside and be like, hey, I see that you're good at this. <laughs> you should consider it. I'm not making you do it, but that just might be Lord leaning on you. Hey, this, you know. And so, but always be, I'm not telling you never ask, okay? Right? You want to do something, you feel led to do something, let us know, right? But these things happen in the kinds of community. I think it's a cool example for us here. Um, I just thought that was fascinating, just that whole piece there. I've never really seen that in Elizabeth's story with Mary. Uh, so I want to talk about that before we talk about the song, which is what we're going to talk about right now. So what does she sing about? Let's move on. What does she sing about? Uh, well, she sings a little about something and then a lot about something else. Uh, she sings a little about me and a lot about he. Uh, and so she starts off here, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Right? So she's saying, man, even it's like in the humble state, like she, she's acknowledging, right, that she, uh, that she is humble, right? And she's the lowest of the low. You have to say, like, Mary and Joseph, when they come to the temple to make an offering, they bring a two pigeons. That's like the bottom of the bottom because bringing sacrifices went on, was on a, a tier system of how wealthy you were. And so this is the lowest tier possible. They're bringing a couple pigeons, right? And you're just like, stop by Zilker Park on your way. You're covered, you know? Uh, and so that's what they brought because that's all they had. They were meager. They were low. But also they were low in spirit. Like, they, like you hear this because here's one thing. Protestants... I mean, you have to realize, this is, they're calling Mary blessed, highly favored, uh, and that she will be, from all generations, will call her blessed. This is true. All generations have called Mary blessed. This is a true deal, right? A third of all people uh, in the world have called Mary blessed among women. Like, you have to consider that. Like, that's, that's, like, that's crazy. Uh, and, uh, and that they all consider her uh, blessed. But then we also, and this is where, like, so then to balance that out, though, but she also recognizes this. She says she rejoices in God, my Savior, that Mary also needed saving because Mary wasn't perfect. And so she acknowledges here, even in this moment, man, I, like, this is not just for, like, all people, while it's true in all generations, but this is also true of me. Like, you're my Savior. And she comes, and she's so low, and, and she just goes on about it. And here's what's just fascinating about that, that she's been made famous in generations and generations. I mean, how many of, of, the, of Mary's time, right, of, of first century, right, uh, who are the five wealthiest, most powerful people? Can you list them? I don't know. Maybe Caesar. Yeah, I don't. But you all know Mary. You all know Joseph. You all know the lowly. Because this is God's economy. This is what God does. He takes the humble in spirit and he raises them. And whatever rulers and whatever that was, and whatever, wanted, whatever people want to put their hope in aside from the person and name of Jesus, he's going to say, You'll, that will be forgotten. That will be nothing compared to what I can lift up in the person who is willing to surrender to me to say, your will, God, not mine. And so this is what Mary does. She says, all of this stuff, all of my failures and all of this, and, and this is what's beautiful. Like she's, she's finally coming into all these things. It is, it's not like she's finding a new, a new truth, a new reality, a new way to live, right? She has not taken up anything. She's been taken up by something, by the grace of Jesus. And now she's fully wrapped up in it. And so she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And she gets caught up in song. Friend, the song of salvation is yours to sing to. Is yours to sing to. There is no state of your sinful past, 
even that awful thing that you are wrapped up in right now. The song of salvation is still for you. It is still your song to sing. That God takes that and swages it away. That you might submit to him, even in that semi-comprehending surrender. That God isn't waiting to, to judge you or to look down on you or to think, you know, as you come to him, but just waiting to cradle you and just profess his great love for you. This is Christmas. And so then she sings about he. And then all the, like, all the rest of the verses, they start with his or he. And, and Mary just starts popping it off. His mercy extend to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the inmost thoughts. He brought down rulers from their thrones, and he lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Right? She's talking about, right? Because they all knew this descendant was happening. They all knew that promise was coming. Right? And they proclaimed it from Abraham, these generations, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, right? Even to Joseph. And it's all coming along. And, has, and so Mary is saying, you're doing it. You're finally doing all this stuff that all the prophets and everyone's been going crazy about for all these thousands of years. You're finally fulfilling that in me right here. The consolation of Israel is here upon us now. And so to capture the spirit of this song, we have to think about this moment from the perspective of a first century Jew in Nazareth. I mean, Mary's song, right? Because, because, what it, uh, right? because what was holy was to have it together, was to have the answer, was to, have, to not have need, was to follow the law and, and, and to earn your way, to earn your keep, to earn your favor. And so the first Jew to hear these things of, of man, you don't earn anything. You're not offering anything to God <laughs> except surrender to him. And so Mary says, man, even the lowly, even the me, even the person who has nothing to offer you, this is, this is how I come. Right? I mean, this is, this is the story of the rich young ruler in, in Mark um, 8 or 5. And, and he says, uh, right, the rich young ruler comes to him and is like, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, hey, you need to follow the commandments. And the rich young ruler is like, I've done all that. And Jesus says, okay, here's what I need you to do then. I need you to sell everything you have. And he couldn't do it. And he walks away and says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. But he walks away. And then right after that, Jesus goes to teach and the children come to him. And then he says, the, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Talking about the children. Now, what's the comparison? Right, one of them, the rich young ruler, he's coming to Jesus saying, hey, look what I have to offer you. Look at all my good behavior. Look at all my A pluses. Look at all of look at all the things I've done for you. I've earned it. I've done it. Aren't you proud? And Jesus says, "That's not what makes me love you. Follow me. Obey me. Know me." But then he comes to the child. What does the child offer Jesus? Nada. What does the child offer you? You know what my child offered me? This morning, we're like hurrying out the door. Sarah's singing. I'm trying to get, we have a, a life group meeting at like 8 a.m. right here. I just had the huge event yesterday. And so like when Sarah sings, you know, I'm trying to get like all the kids together, you know, to get them out the door. And Sarah's trying to help. She's like, I'm going. I'm like, okay, I'm almost there. Nah, nah, nah. You know, and like we're just doing the best we can. And, and like just as we're about to leave, like Maverick just 
spits up all over his onesie. He's like, no. And Sarah's like, you're going to have to change that. I have to go. And I'm like, uh, and, you know, and I'm like, Maverick, you know. And so, and so then I'm like, fine. You know, and I'm like changing him out real quick. And Liv's like, where are we going? I'm like, we're almost going, you know. And, uh, and I put him in the onesie. And I get him out to put him in the car seat. Get him in the car seat. Hit him on the way out. All over it again. Like all over it. Just spit up all over the, the other onesie. And I can tell, and you can tell this, guys, you know, when your wife, when she's like, here is like, like, she gives you like the last onesie. It's the onesie you use when you have no more onesies left. You know, we all have that onesie. All right, we have that onesie. And, and I was like, that was it. You know, and so I went and found some, like, one that like we really, like, deep down. You know, I'm like, and I'm just like, ah, like, what, like, I'm so, like, late to get here. And I'm just so, you know, and, and it's just, and she's just like all over it again. And so what do I do? I find another one, I take off the dirty one, and I wrap him up in it, and I'm like, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, this is what I'm preaching about today, you know, because it's true. There's not an amount that that child could soil that I would not make clean. It is not possible. And in your mess and in the things that you feel like there's no chance that my soul could ever magnify God, that he would ever look down at me in some kind of highly favored whatever. Friend, you need to know the song of salvation is yours. There is not a, there is never an opportunity for God to not walk alongside you in that muck, in that mire, in that thing you walked here thinking, this, this church thing, this Jesus thing is for all the other people in here. Certainly not me. There is not, there's nothing in the world that would prevent him from coming alongside you and wrapping you up in him. Because who does that? A good and loving father who cannot run out of love. Man, I remember when you're having Maverick, and I was like, I love Liv so much. It's not even possible. Like, how am I going to well? Like, how am I going to have enough for him? And then you have that kid, and man, it just wells up within you. And you don't even know where it comes from. Jesus will never run out of love for you. Christmas is the great chessboard being set and the pawn moving forward saying, nothing will rob me of you. You will never be in checkmate to death or your own sin or your own mess. I'm declaring war this day. I am taking you back. You are mine. I'm here to dwell with you. And so, yes, Mary breaks out. My soul magnifies the Lord. And even in my humble estate, you see me. And this is my question for you, man. What song are you singing? Every now and then, I'll kind of chase back to some old songs that I know that are like whatever. You know, I'll just sing them, you know, like old, like old songs. Maybe it's just like an old hip-hop jam or something, you know. And I'll sing around the house, I'm dancing with Liv. And, and then she'll start singing it. And I'm like, oh, don't sing that song, you know. But she'll start singing it, you know. And she, just, she has no idea what she's singing. She's just like singing a hook of some song. She doesn't even know what it means. Is that you when you come in? And you're coming into church here, you're seeing all these people, oh, they're singing this song, I guess I'll join in, but you don't know what it means? 
with this gospel message of this Jesus coming to rescue you, you're still trying to work that out or figure out what does that mean for me? Like, I don't know. Maybe the best thing you could offer God this morning is just that semi-comprehensive surrender. Say, God, I don't know what all this is about, but man, I want to. I know I'm not there. If I had to really acknowledge and be honest with myself, God, I'm not there. I don't even know what I'm doing here. God can use that. If you'd surrender to him, put aside, put aside the whatever you think you're offering God, and you come and you say, God, I have nothing to offer you except my heart. Man, God can do a lot with that. God can do a lot with that. I pray that you would find this song of salvation. Because these, like, these songs aren't meant for us just to hear or study or know. They're meant for us to enter in. To enter in with Mary in this. To exclaim these things with her. These lofty truths of God that he has come for his people. And that he hasn't forsaken you. Amen? Think we can worship that? Why don't you all stand up this morning? And we'll get some out of here. Would y'all go today with the Lord's blessing? And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Would the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. May it is everlasting peace. Amen. Uh, if y'all came today prepared to give and, and do an offering in that way, you can do so in the, the bins uh, outside. Uh, and if you're new here, we'd love to connect with you, right? Uh, hey, we'll see you Saturday for the foster thing when you drop off your food, 10 a.m., by the way. Love y'all. We'll see you.